typical 46. Your friend from college, your former literary magazine co-editor, blows through New York with her best friend who happens to work for notorious boxing promoter Don King and who can get tickets to practically anything and invites you to the Broadway show Cabaret featuring the actress Jennifer Jason Leigh. Attending the show, you realize there are whole swaths of New York you know nothing about, the Broadway district, one of them. That cabaret is based on the writings of Christopher Isherwood, a writer you're vaguely familiar with, comes as a surprise. You've previously given no thought to the idea of musicals being based on literary works. Dr. Jack Kevorkian, the euthanasia booster, present at a number of suicides over the years, is arrested when he actually helps someone commit suicide. The magician David Blaine is buried in a plastic coffin under a tank of water for a week across the street from Trump Plaza, everyone stopping by to have their picture taken with the entombed magician. You move out of the warehouse in Dumbo and back into the spare bedroom in the West Village apartment of your friend, the former drummer turned writer and his artist girlfriend. The rapper Puff Daddy is arrested for assaulting the manager of another rapper over a crucifixion scene in a music video. You and your friend, the former drummer turned writer, are asked to teach a Hemingway story to a class of high school students at the Kennedy Library in Boston for the Hemingway Centennial. The Hemingway Room at the Kennedy Library is a memorial to the writer and his life and works. You're not much of a Hemingway fan, having long ago chosen Fitzgerald's side of the literary contretemps, promoted through legend, though you recognize that the idea of having to choose sides is ridiculous, same as the East Coast-West Coast rap thing. Two seniors dressed in trench coats walk into their Colorado high school and open fire, killing 12 students and a teacher and injuring almost two dozen other students before committing suicide in the school's library. The all-interview issue of the Mississippi Review comes together easily, and you turn everything in, eager to see it in print. On the eve of being retried by the government, your old boss, Charles H. Keating Jr., pleads guilty to wire and bankruptcy fraud and receives a sentence of time already served ending the legal proceedings against him. You sell another short story to a literary magazine, a little bit of a role happening. The girl who played the sister on different strokes dies of an accidental overdose. Love letters between J.D. Salinger and a college girl he famously seduced are sold by the college girl at auction at Sotheby's and purchased by a software magnate who returns them to Salinger via Harold Ober, and you shred them while your boss watches. You turn in the final draft of your new novel, We're So Famous, to your agent, but she still doesn't like it well enough to represent it, but you beg her to try a few publishers just to see, agreeing to drop the matter if the editors concur. The agent agrees. Sportscaster Marv Albert has given back his old job at NBC. Brett Easton Ellis invites you to drinks with Jay McInerney at a bar called Pop around the corner from Brett's loft in the East Village, and McInerney makes a crack about Brett traveling a long distance, and you watch in amusement as they banter back and forth. 
The handful of editors your agent sends We're So Famous to decline the manuscript. And that's that. Though you still feel strongly about the book. You send it on your own to your colleague's friend, the one you shot pool with, and who said he liked your first book, but the manuscript comes back, your colleague's friend having left his job. The small plane piloted by John F. Kennedy Jr. goes missing on a flight from New Jersey to his family's compound on Martha's Vineyard, where he was to attend the wedding of a cousin. President Clinton orders U.S. Navy warships to assist in the search, and the wreckage and bodies of Kennedy and his wife and the wife's sister are found five days later. You take the subway down to the loft apartment in Tribeca, where JFK Jr. lived, to see the shrine of flowers and photos and notes. You've been listening to Typical of the Times, Growing Up in the Culture of Spectacle by Jamie Clark, author of the novel Vernon Downs. 